hello there, and thank you for tuning in to my latest episode. Let's see, today is March 23rd. I wanted to post this on the Equinox, but sometimes you just can't do things in the time frame you wanted to. Um, In this episode, I talk about Uh, talk a lot about the spring equinox and that balance of energy um, and what that means and how it applies to our lives in uh, multiple ways. And I also go into, um, well, I go into some difficult stuff that I've had to deal with recently. Um, So... If you don't want to hear about uh, cat cancer and you don't want to hear about sexual assault, um, then go ahead and skip ahead to, um, let's say, I think it's about 15 minutes in, maybe. Um, And right around there is when I should start going on with my talkings about other things. Um, I will continue to say, oh, and the assault affected me in this way and blah, blah, blah. I am going to bring it into my story because it is a huge part of my life right now. Um, and probably for the foreseeable future, but as far as going into some of the heaviness of it, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm really going to try and, um, keep it keep it superficial because I don't want to upset anyone. Yeah, so if you want to fast forward that part, like I said, I think it's around minute 15. Otherwise, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this. I can't tell you how much I am honored and just tickled pink that people are even listening. All right, much love to you all. Hello and welcome to Biodynamic Living with Ellie Charchen Van Houten, me. This is a podcast where I talk about our human responses to and our relationship with the cycles of the sun and the moon and the earth and how other things such as astrology and meditation, etc., etc., can play into our experiences during these times. I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone and welcome to my podcast. Today is Wednesday the, uh, oh I don't remember what day it is, the 23rd? of March and we just recently celebrated the spring equinox. We just had a full moon, a Virgo full moon, uh, just before the shift into or solar shift into Aries. And I know it's been a while since I published a podcast um, that wasn't intentional. However, a lot, a lot has happened um, since that last podcast, and I really went into a slump. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot to process. Very painful. I'm still processing it. I'm still, I'm still really depressed and anxious. Um, I definitely want to go into that. However, I first want to um, give a trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about cat cancer and sexual assault. And if you're not in a place where you want to hear either of those, no worries at all. Just skip ahead. And I will go into other things after I after I kind of break down what what went on and what I'm dealing with and and all that. Um, also, FYI, I have my little cat, sweet baby Lucy, 
Mwah, Lucy Fur Pants sitting on my lap right now. She may choose to contribute. So if you hear a grumbling, a growl, a weird sound, or meow, I mean, it might be me, but chances are it's my favorite little Lucy. All right, so like I said, um, a warning and skip ahead a few minutes, maybe a little more than a few minutes, and um, I'll see you on the other side. All right, thanks. Okay, so, ah, uh, this is, this is not easy. So right, right in the beginning of January, I noticed that my cat Lucy was growing a lump on her leg and it got, it very quickly got really bad. And I mean like within a matter of days, I noticed it and then it was like something is wrong. Um, and where I'd set up an appointment, I called them one day and I was like, please, can I, if there's a cancellation, can I get in? And so, yeah, the vet, the vet told us that it's a tumor and that she has cancer and they could feel it in her lymph nodes in her back lymph node so and because of where the tumor is and how deep it is um, on her little leg they don't think they wouldn't be able to take off the tumor and save the leg, so they would have to amputate. And still, because it's in the nodes, um, the lymph nodes, it's probably spread to other places, and we could do chemo and radiation, but that, prob that wouldn't even buy us much more time. Um, now little Lucy is almost 18, which is amazing. Um, she's always seemed so young and like feisty. Um, and so with a lot of talks with the, with the doctor, um, it, we decided, or I pretty much decided, but she agreed that it would be it would be a lot of it would be a lot for her to go through losing her leg and doing chemo and radiation it would be a lot for her to do even one of those um and because of how quickly it came on and how quickly it spread those aren't even really they aren't really viable solutions there's really no solution and so so we decided um palliative care is the best way to go and so i've been every day changing her bandages on the tumor keeping it lubed up with neosporin with that um the pain stuff and Right now she's down to only she'll she she will have water. Um, sometimes she'll have some broth, and sometimes she'll drink uh, lactose-free milk. And then I am giving her like this um, kind of liquid food, but that's that's the extent of what she'll take in, and she's lost a lot of weight. It's been it's been so hard because I am in no way ready to lose her. She is such a huge part of my life. She really is an emotional support animal. And I, like she and I hang out all the time and I, I'm just not ready. I am, I am not ready for her to go on. However, I also want to make sure that that she is free to go on, that I, I don't want her hanging on just for me. And I mean that both right now, but also like after she passes, I don't want 
her spirit to feel like she needs to stick around um, because I need her to. Now granted, I do already have a cat ghost that follows me around. Don't laugh. I, I have other people who witness this. Um, and part of me totally wants Lucy to be another cat ghost and follow me around. But she has been such an amazing cat that when she goes on, she's absolutely going on to bigger and better things. And I can't, I can't ask her to stick behind just because of me. That's, that's not okay. So that's what's going on with that. And it's been really heavy. And I got very depressed. Um, very depressed and was already feeling low because of health stuff. Um, I just kind of crashed. And, and then... To add fuel to the fire, I was sexually assaulted, raped, and I, I don't even, I don't know how to talk about that. I, I didn't want it, I never wanted it, and I say didn't, the person who assaulted me, I didn't want to sleep with them. I've never wanted to sleep with him. I've never been attracted to him. I do not like him in that way. I would never do that. And yet he's saying that I did, that I, that I wanted it. And where, and while I yeah, I went, I went to the ER and I did the rape kit. I've been going to therapy. Um, I've told some of my family and, and they've been really supportive. But there's been fallout from a really good friend of mine because the person who assaulted me is my really good friend good friends um a strange estranged husband who was supposed to give me a ride home give her and I a ride home um after we were at a bar drinking at a bar and I'm not going to go into the details around it but no, I didn't get home safe. And I understand that for her um, to label her husband as, you know, as, as the, the, the bad guy here, um, that that must be extremely difficult for her because he is the father of her children. And she does rely on him for financial support and I and she's going to be in his life she he's going to be in her life for the rest of their lives because of the kids that said the the blame that she put on me and calling me vicious names and saying really mean things um and and just ending our friendship and telling other people who I was also friends with and her telling me that they're all on her side and that everyone is, thinks I'm a whore and a slut I have a whole other thing to deal with on top of just trying to not completely fall to pieces because of the assault. This has been so difficult for me. I am still going through it. 
I'm still dealing with things that I didn't know that I was going to deal with. Random things that all of a sudden I'll become really depressed about or really anxious about. And I didn't I didn't know that, that was something that was going to come up. I was told it's going to get worse before it gets better. And yeah, that's that's correct. Absolutely. I will say that being older, going through this when I'm older, is what gave me the clarity of mind to um, to understand the value of going to therapy, of going to the crime victim center and uh, doing groups, of really asking for help right away so that I work with this and don't let that pain, that horror sit in my body and become another thing that that contributes to my already existing physical pain. Okay. Um, all right, hopefully some people are getting back now it's safe to come back now if you didn't want to if you don't want to hear me talking about unpleasant stuff um yeah so with with the assault I um I'm only gonna say it like that because I will mention it now again I'm not gonna pretend it didn't happen to me but with the assault I've been working with, I've been doing um, chakra work on myself to make sure that nothing stays stuck in a specific spot. Um, it's important for me to really feel things and let things flow. And um, for whatever reason, when I tune into myself, it sure, I need to feel safe and that's root chakra. And sure, I need to not be feeling like my um, ability to enjoy sex is compromised. And that's sacral chakra. But when I get to the solar plexus, um, the the belly, upper belly chakra, it's which is you know self worth, self image. That's, that is where there's serious, serious damage and pain. And so I've been focusing on the sacral chakra for me, for really bringing love and gentleness and kindness um, back into that space and letting it flow through, letting it come through from the root chakra up and also bringing it down from the crown chakra down. And, um, and that balance of going from root up and crown down brings me to da, 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 the fun stuff, which is it was just the spring equinox, which is when the days and the nights are of equal length. It's the official start to spring, and it is um, when the sun moves into Aries season. And so that just happened, and it's one of my favorite days of the year because the days are getting longer. Um, the next three months are just going to be all about growth, all about new beginnings, all about expansion and richness and nourishment and just the explosion of beauty in life and so I, I love spring I love spring um, and the equinox is all about a day of it's a not only a day of balance but it's a time of balance and so even though I am posting this a few days late when initially I wanted to post it on the equinox but I after I did my morning equinox uh, ritual, because it was exact at 11.33 Eastern, um, so I did this huge thing, because I love doing ceremony, um, 
meditation and ceremony and all this stuff. And, um, and I think because the few days prior, uh, there was the full moon and I also put a lot into that. Um, especially with the assault, I wanted to make sure that I was utilizing those intense energies of the moon to banish negativity, to draw in strength. Um, so as we were leading up to the full moon, I was gathering strength. I was gathering um, power and and love for myself and respect and help. And then after the full moon, when it's time to start clearing away, that's when I went into banishing energies, banishing styles of communication, banishing negativity, banishing people, specific people. And, and also, um, I then went into prepping my altar for spring. So in the idea of clearing away and banishing, I completely cleaned up my altar and took everything off and cleansed it physically and energetically and set most of it aside and then set up what was going to be or what is my altar for for spring and for the for the light half of the year as we were balancing the dark half of the year with the light half of the year and everything is in the time of balance it only makes sense that i had all i was so devoted to doing all this stuff basically morning noon and night with um ceremonies full moons all that jazz that after my spring equinox ceremony i crashed and i mean crashed big time and I got a migraine and that migraine stayed with me horribly painful until well until this morning basically so that's why that was a very lengthy way of saying gee this is why I didn't post this podcast on the spring equinox all right so i was wanting to talk to you about balance so in the theme of balance um i realized that it's not just about working on my specific chakras um right now especially the solar plexus chakra but it's also about working on and balancing the energy flowing through those chakras and I've been saying and feeling for a little while now um, and exacerbated by the assault that I feel I was feeling I could feel grounded and I could feel very um, spiritual but that a lot of stuff in between that I was having a hard time connecting them that there wasn't much in the middle Um, it was it was me being connecting with the extremes and and not knowing how to flow between them so that led to me thinking about the chakras and I also realized that yes the solar plexus chakra is hugely damaged and needs a lot of work but from that my heart connection to the solar plexus my throat connection, meaning my communication about the assault and about what's going on with me, those three chakras, the lung chakras, solar plexus, heart, throat, they they all need some TLC. And on either side of those, you have the lower chakras and the upper chakras. And so one of the most effective things I can do is to work on bringing up the energies from the root chakra, bringing up to the crown that idea of safety, of belonging, of my connection to the earth and to the ground below me and pulling that energy 
all through through each of the chakras, not letting it dwindle, not letting it dissipate, and pulling it through each one of them until it connects with the crown chakra. And at, and then also doing the connecting work from the crown chakra, pulling down from the universe, from source, from the heavens, from God, pulling down that spirituality, my connection to spirituality, my connection to everything that's bigger than myself, and pulling that down through through the chakras one by one till you get to the throat, the heart, and the solar plexus, plexus, and making sure that that spiritual connection is felt and worked with in every single chakra on the way down until it connects with, with my feet, with my connection to the earth, with my connection to physically being on this earth. And that balance, I thought, was a really great example of balance that happens around this time. Um, Around the time of the spring equinox is a great time to reflect on what areas of our lives we have found balance, what areas of our lives we want to find balance, Uh, what areas of our life that we may be struggling to find balance or we are resentful of feeling the need to find balance or being told we need to find balance. But that relationship to balance, to having dual sides of our emotions, our minds, of things we need to do and finding peace within that balance, um, this, the the energies of right now are very supportive of that. I, I love crystals. I always have. I've always uh, resonated with the energies represented by each crystal. Um, I've been collecting them since I was a kid. Uh, when my mom took me to my first psychic fair and I spent like three hours picking out a bag of of crystals um and I no joke I still have a couple of those um and and I also I also do find that my connection to crystals when I'm going through a tough spot is is somehow empowering and I'm not sure why? Because it, it, sure, it might be the energies of the crystals, but it's also in doing the research of what I may need. And I'm not sure if it's like that, that type of self-awareness or that devotion to self-awareness that is required when you're assessing what you need. Uh, maybe that's it. But like all those other times, me connecting to crystals again has been hugely helpful if for no other reason than I realized that I have always been seriously attracted to amethyst. I love amethyst. Amethyst, amethyst, everything. Purple is also my favorite color. I have amethyst, multiple pieces of amethyst in almost every single flippin' altar, shrine, uh, ceremony, anything and everything, always amethyst. And I've been feeling the call or the pull towards carnelian. Um, When I was in my early 20s, I also had a really big carnelian phase. But lately, I've been feeling the carnelian pull. And I read somewhere in my crystal research that Carnelian, because it's such a fiery stone, it um, and amethyst is such an intuitive and pulling in that psychic power and connection and almost Neptunian dreaminess that they cancel each other out. 
And that fire and that passion and that power of carnelian is is lessened, is um, deadened. I don't know if that's a word um, by amethyst. So, and I kind of had this epiphany of like, you know what? I'm I'm not in an amethyst time of my life. This is a carnelian time of my life. I need to get back in touch with my fire, with my power, with that drive, with the strength, the physical, mental, emotional strength, and remembering the value of that, and remembering that because I have that, I have that strength, finding value in myself and the ability reminding myself that I have the ability to stand up for myself. I have I I have reason to fight for myself. And, and so it was this like metaphorical but not metaphorical um decision to to Put away all the amethyst. They're now on my a couple windowsills, so they can be cleansed by the sun and the moon. And to bring out all my carnelian and focus on carnelian and meditate on those energies and see what comes up with that and see what areas. I might want to reflect on or do further work on. So that that balance was also interesting to me because again, balance, equinox, you get where I'm going with this. Um, and with also with this assault, it's been really important for me to balance to balance the anger with compassion and let me talk a little bit about that because it could be confusing I absolutely 100% find value in anger and especially right now I I understand the value of my anger and I understand that it's justified and that this isn't something I need to suppress. It isn't wrong of me to be angry. It would be wrong if I wasn't angry. That said, to my friend, or I guess my former friend, it's as opposed to letting my anger towards her eat me up and and or letting my anger um, be shown to her I kept my conversation with her calm and direct and I've been keeping my thoughts about her and my feelings about her if at any time anger comes up, I remind myself of the importance of compassion. I can't imagine what she's going through in realizing that her her husband, the father of her children, is a sexual deviant, a sexual predator, and a criminal. And that's got to be really hard for her and really painful for her. And because of that, it's important that I show her compassion. Does that mean that I'm taking on any, um, uh, what do you call it? That I'm, that I'm okay with the way she was talking to me or that I'm going to take on what she's saying or allow myself to believe what she's saying? No, no, but it is imperative that I have compassion for the situation that she is in, but also to remind myself of the compassion 
that I need to keep uh, towards myself. Being kind to myself is really tough right now. And it's also of utmost importance. And here we are in a time where I feel like our compassion for so many things is being tested because there's just, there's a lot of ugliness going around. And especially, especially with what's happening in Ukraine, people are, there's so much to be angry about. Um, And then in politics, man, it's just, it's just not getting any better. It continues to get worse and worse. So in the idea of practicing compassion for myself and trying to heal some from what's, what I've been through, um, I've been returning to the practice of Tong Len, T-O-N-G-L-E-N. And it's the Buddhist meditation practice of giving and receiving. The idea being that you are receiving pain of others, of the world, of ourselves, and through the in-breath and then with the out-breath, putting back into the world love, um, back into ourselves, back to specific people or groups, uh, putting love back towards them. And right now, I'm just focusing on Tonglen for myself, breathing in my pain, my suffering, my anger, and breathing out gentleness and love and compassion towards myself. And that, that in and of itself is really tough, really, really tough. And I've, I've never had Tonglen for myself be tough. And it is right now. Um, I don't know if that says anything, but geez, look, freaking wheeze. Okay, so I want to read for you something. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to like open this book at the same time as I have this phone in my hand and my awesome little kitty on my lap. And I, I don't have enough extremities for this. So in the book Tonglen, The Path of Transformation, uh, written by Pema Chodron, um, she she was a she was a student of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, um, the most famous student of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Um, he was also my parents' teacher, and he's the one who I met when I was a kid and gave me my Buddhist name. Um, but he's, I would say he's my root guru. Um, so anyway, in this book, there's a little quote by him. The everyday practice is simply to develop a complete acceptance and openness to all situations and emotions and to all people experiencing everything totally without mental reservations and blockages so that one never withdraws or centralizes onto oneself. And I love that. I love that. The idea that we can't let our, we can't get stuck in our own situations and leave them just sitting there spinning, stuck in our own, in ourself, in our body, in uh, certain spaces in our body that we have to open them, clear them. We have to have compassion and show compassion to those stuck spots. The book is really cool. I it's it's tiny. I mean, it's small. I'm guessing it's like three by four inches, maybe three by five. Um, and it's not long, but it's um, Tonglen is an amazing practice, and I can't I can't say enough good things about it. So I also, um, so that idea about compassion, um, compassion, it isn't 
taking on other people's suffering. It isn't saying that what someone else did is justified. Compassion is the ability to witness the suffering of others without getting lost in the hurt. We can see, acknowledge their suffering. We can recognize the immense pain, but we don't have to get uh, caught up in the story of it. We don't have to take on their suffering or their pain. We can feel compassion towards our enemies, enemies without, without taking on any of their negativity and without letting their negativity affect us. So thinking about what compassion is, what compassion isn't, to me is another way of practicing balance right now um, because of the equinox and applying it to what's going on in my life, but also also what's going on in the world. All this crap with Ukraine, it is... I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one. I mean, heck, it's like my feed, my Facebook feed is just filled with, filled with multiple posts about how much we are all hurting in many ways because of many things. So I'm going to read you another quote. I feel like I'm in a place where I'm, I'm like reading lots of quotes because I'm finding and I'm noticing the wisdom that's all around us of uh, things that other people have already said and maybe things that I've read many times before, but you know how just at the right time when you read something, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's whole new meaning. Um, so Buckminster Fuller said this, we will never change the world by fighting the existing reality. If you want to change the world, create a new model that makes the old model obsolete. Woohoo! Oh, that's so good. That is so good. And I find that to be true on the macro level and the micro level. Um, even within myself. You know, am I going to sit here and be this whole time like, oh, woe is me. I'm the victim. I'm helpless. Um, that, trust me, there is and there was a long time of feeling that way. Um, and that's to be expected. But for me to stay stuck in that place wouldn't be healthy. Um I have to want to create a new um, a new way of working with that energy energy and that's that's what I'm doing. So to go back to the idea of balance in the equinox. I also want to talk about the North Node and the South Node in astrology. Um, we just we just switched to having different nodes. Our South Node is now in Scorpio. Our North Node is now in um, Taurus. South Node is the stuff that we need to move past. It is old karma. It is um our fallback our fallback responses to tough things whereas the north node is what we want to work towards it's the healthier way to cope with things it is the healthier way to interact with the world it is more conducive to each of us living our our own life um, as our best possible self. 
And, and so working with the North Node and the South Node is, um, can be incredibly, incredibly powerful as any, any time we, um, can look openly and blatantly at our, um, shortcoming tendencies, it, that's an opportunity for us to say, hmm, how could I better respond to things? How could I better handle difficult situations? And finding the balance between those and with the idea of eventually moving close closer to the North Node is another great balance um, uh, comparison for the spring equinox. But we're at a time when there is, um, astrologically, there is some stuff um traversing the nodes right now um there are aspects happening with the nodes of fate um trines to the south node in scorpio sextile to the north node in taurus um so that we could have a tendency to be destroyed by what's happening, what's coming up for us, what we're going through. Scorpio is the sign of destruction, of death and rebirth, um, as part of the negative signs of uh, aspects of Scorpio. But Taurus, where the North Node is, instead of letting these hurts and these difficulties destroy us, it's imperative that we find we find our ground. We are able to stay grounded, have that earthy connection with reality. Um, earthing is really, really important right now, um, which is walking or standing or laying down. Um, but if you're walking or standing, doing it in your bare feet, on the bare ground for at least 20 minutes a day and that is so healing and it feels amazing um but also looking towards love and harmony and peace if we can work to transmute our horrible painful life-shattering difficult stuff into um, just another way that we will have we that we will be wise that we will have experience that we can show love to ourselves and to others it doesn't mean we're pretending things didn't happen or we're pretending that they're not significant but we're focusing on the ways that we can grow from them as opposed to letting us just fall backwards into a place of self-destruction. And so right now there's a lot of astrological energy going on um, with different planets aspecting those nodes. And it's a time when we are, we might have to do things twice we try something once, oh, nope, we got to do it again. So we have to be patient. It, the energies are seriously ebbing and flowing. We have high moments, we have low moments. And these are, it's like rapid cycling, highs and lows, lefts and rights. Um, so just kind of flow with it and find our ground and our peace and our calm within the tumult. And to keep a balance of standing strong, standing straight up, secure to the ground in ourselves, and also being able to flow with the all the water energy and not um not have the waves knock us down but we kind of flow with it 
that balance is really important right now um, for the next couple weeks too. Um, We're moving into a conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. Jupiter and Neptune are both the rulers of Pisces and they don't meet up in Pisces together except for once uh, last time they did this was 160 years ago so this is a big deal I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the next episode but I just want to give it a shout out because it continues this theme of we just we gotta just go with the flow while standing strong in ourselves there's a lot of emotion it's things are all over the place And so let's be compassionate to ourselves because of that. But then let's also be compassionate uh, to others because of that. Hold on. I can't tell. Lucy, are you trying to get down? Do you want to get down or do you want to stay in my lap? Honey? Okay, I can put you down. Hold on. There you go. Okay. Okay, sweetheart. I'll be be by to hug you in in a little bit. Sorry, she just... She, she was getting a little antsy on the lap and I, um, and she's not as spry as she was. So as opposed to just letting her jump off me, I want to, I wanted to help her down. Wow. That's, that's a good place (laughs) to segue into the next stuff. (laughs) Um, all right. So I want to talk about some of the more fun stuff Normally, I like to talk about fun stuff relating to the energies of the now. Um, I want to talk about journal suggestions and movement ideas and ceremony ideas and all that jazz. Um, Okay, so I already said one of my favorite things to do right now um, at this time of um, the beginning, the very beginnings of spring is to do the, the earthing. Um, but even if you don't want to do actual earthing and you want to still wear shoes, cause let's face it, it's cold in some places. It's cold where I am, where I am. Um, just going out in nature and doing nature walks. Um, and I like to, at this time, do nature walks and pay attention to what little things might kind of pop up here and there as, uh, as things that I notice. Um, like, oh, there's this little pebble on the ground that for whatever reason I felt called to, to look at and touch. Maybe I'll take that with me as, as something to put on my shrine or sticks that have fallen. Um, I don't condone seeing a branch or a stick in a tree that's still connected to the tree and then you cutting it off unless you're really good at you know giving things to the tree and um uh taking it in a gentle way but that's not I don't usually um that's not usually what I'm trying to do with that um but yeah just reconnecting with nature and bringing some of that nature back to honor on our shrine um, on our altars and also a fun thing to do are um, these water candle sculptures so I have a container it's glass and I put in there um, you can add crystals herbs, cut flowers, um, you can do essential oils, whatever, whatever you feel called to do. And then you get one of those little floating candles and right on the candle, um, either something that is important to you to clear away, um, such as I release all that no longer serves my highest good. I like that one. (laughs) Or you can focus on what you want to draw in. Um, 
I claim all that is supportive of my highest good or whatever. Be more specific. I do recommend that you work with um, the moon and where the moon is at, whether or not you do drawing in or releasing. But either way, so right on the candle, put the candle in the water, um, meditate, draw, um, draw your energy and power into your hands and oh no wait sorry you don't want to put the candle in the water yet and then as after you've gathered the your power of intention in your hands hold that candle and watch in your mind's eye or or with your eyes open staring at the candle watch all that energy flow into the candle Um, And then light the candle and reflect on, reflect on what that means to you and what you want to do with this and what you can do to, um, to assist in making this happen. And you can either do one little candle ceremony or you could do regular candle ceremonies for a little bit of time. But then afterwards, once you feel like you've, um, reaped the benefits of this candle ceremony for yourself that water that you've used you can collect that and kind of like moon water you keep it in jars and label it um yeah you can collect that and add that in uh as a component to whatever rituals spells ceremonies meditations whatever um and it's another it's just a really beautiful i think it's a very beautiful and sweet practice and I love doing it I love doing it at this time of year because especially because focusing on the herbs and the flowers and stuff it just seems very appropriate um so that's a fun thing also it's a good time to get a card and it can either be like a little uh note card or like an actual card you know that opens uh, like a greeting card and write on the card all that you want to learn and work on during the light half of the year. So from the spring equinox to the fall equinox. And reflect on where you were last spring equinox and what happened during last year's light half. And And you can acknowledge how much you've grown or areas that you didn't really grow as much as you'd like. But it's a great way to kind of take stock of where you're at now, where you were then, where you want to go. And that card can be something that you also keep on your shrine or your altar. Or you could carry that with you. You could use it in meditation. Or you could just close it up and not look at it until the fall equinox and then um, use it to as something to work with as you move into the dark half of the year. As far as movement goes, I'm, I'm focusing right now on those middle chakras. Like I said, for me, I'm feeling very pulled to working on my uh, solar plexus but it is also about the heart chakra and the throat chakra of communication. And so if you think of your neck, your chest, and your upper belly, focusing on those areas, um, doing stretches that are like reaching across or reaching up or over or down, um, but you're reaching with a, a straight arm or both straight arms, and you're really feeling that pull, in your trunk and to include that in dancing where you're dancing in response to music and it's you know you're moving um you're letting the movements come up organically and to really try and make most of the movements be those types of reaching and stretching um 
while doing that, you can be honoring and paying attention to the energies of of the trunk and really feeling them move and flow and just get that whole area unstuck and breathe into it and exhale from it and and move with our own energies and move with our own responses and tune into what our body is telling us to do as we move through the energies of our trunk. And I, I'm pretty certain that if you open yourself to that, as you do that style of movement, things are going to come up for you that you weren't expecting. And that is a way, that is something that can be really helpful in knowing even what we need to work on in those areas or what is stuck or what is painful or what is something that we've done a great job with and we want to celebrate. But there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of teachable moments um, that comes up because of that. Um, and also, it's a great time to focus on strengthening, doing um, doing the more traditional exercises of strength training of yoga that focuses on those three chakras and, um, and even doing isometric exercises, um, or breathing exercises where we're breathing into those spots, letting the air, uh, flow through the whole chakra and then, releasing whatever comes up or releasing what we feel like um, to be the energies of the stuck spot. So what else? Ooh, oh, and I'm so excited. I'm working on um, making belly beads for my solar plexus chakra. (laughs) Yes. Um, So taking a, a, a strong string or cord and beading using beads that um that aren't sharp or pokey um but that they might have symbolism whether it be through color whether it be through shape or you got this one bead at a certain time or whatever um but making a and just beating until it fits around with a little room to spare around the belly button and then uh, tying it off in whatever way different cords need different um, different ways to connect with the other side and then just wear it and have it be something as So I didn't know there was an hour limit. I didn't know I'd been talking for an hour. (laughs) But yeah, I got cut off as you probably noticed. And I'm pretty sure it was in the midst of talking about awesome belly beads. But you get my idea with the belly beads. Make a necklace for your belly. And um, this is a great way to just tap into that badass goddess... um, I love myself and my body energy. And as odd as it may sound, I this is going to be helpful for me because feeling like a badass goddess um well, a lot of things, but feeling like that is something I really need to work on right now because I'm struggling. All right. Well, that was a lot of talking. And there are things, there are other things that I wanted to share and talk about. But in the interest of, (laughs) in the interest of not having you guys stop listening, um, 
I, yeah, we'll just end it at this and I'll continue. Um, I'll keep the next one for going over some, some cool podcast news and thoughts about other things. Um, <laughs> gee, Ellie, thoughts about other things? I know. I am, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place and I know I'm not doing a great job of talking right now. I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm really down. My heart is broken. And I, this took a lot of energy for me to even try and pick myself up enough to do this today. Um, I guess I'm just apologizing if I was, I don't feel like I'm very fun right now in anything. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for actually giving me a shot and for taking the time to listen. I can't express enough how much it means to me. All right, until next time, which I promise will be soon because there is a lot coming up and I do love spring. All right, take care. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your precious human birth on this precious, beautiful earth. Later.